How's everybody doing? This is Joey of Underage Packers welcoming you to episode number 43. Today I am, as always, joined by my fantastic co-host, Big B. How's it going, everybody? Love the wave, the royal wave. You know, besides everything going on, how are you feeling about this Packers team? It's Victory Monday. Once again, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, feeling good about the team. Super yep. Bowl champions. Oh, yeah. Uh, Never too early to call it. Rodgers. Yeah. God bless Aaron Rodgers. Let's talk. Aaron Rodgers sent in some milestones yesterday. 400 career touchdowns. He became the first quarterback of all time to throw 35 touchdowns uh, in five or more seasons. He became the first quarterback of all time to throw uh, 400 touchdowns with less than 100 interceptions. Absolutely magnificent. And I saw someone bring up a great point. It just makes you very reflective on those milestones. 400 passing touchdowns. You think, me and you, how many of those touchdowns have we seen? How much? And it's also crazy, you know, one touchdown is included of the Hail Mary to Richard Rodgers. You know, there's just so many memories packed into those 400 that it's absolutely insane and and really uh, reflective. When you when Aaron Rodgers hits those milestones, are there how uh, reminiscent do you get? Um, well, I almost started crying. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's just crazy to think like you you're watching history right there, and you just yeah. it doesn't set in right away. And then this morning, I was like, "Holy shit!" Aaron Rodgers <laughs> just did that last night. It's so it's hard crazy. to appreciate it as a Packers fan, especially for me and you who didn't have to go through those 20 or 30 years where they were absolutely garbage. It is hard to appreciate how good we have it, especially, you know, when there's all this talk and we we're guilty of it too. Oh man, we, we suck in NFC championship games. We lost three straight Aaron Rodgers didn't get 50 touchdowns this year. You know, it's hard to appreciate that. And, you know, I even love the Jordan love pick and I think he, he, he might turn out, you know, that, that's besides the point. But, you know, even if he does turn out and he becomes another uh, Hall of Fame quarterback, which would be absolutely mind-boggling, you know, there's going to be at least a year or two there where he's not Aaron Rodgers, you know. So, yeah, he's not, <laughs> not going to hop right in there and throw 50 touchdowns in those first two years. Like, Unfortunately. it's going to be a process. Yeah. You've got to realize that, you know. <laughs> All yeah, right, back there. He's probably going to get a lot of hate when he doesn't become an MVP contender in his first year like Mahomes or Jackson, but, you know, yeah. that's whatever. Um, Can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> but, yeah, it is just really hard to appreciate, and we'll have it will be some hard years going through there. But, Aaron Rodgers, thank you. Thank you. That's all I have. Love you, Aaron. Love you. Love you. We know you're a big fan of the show, um, so we really thank you. We just wanted to take our time for that. Um, let's talk about this Eagles game, though. Packers moving on to 9-3, to 30-16 victory. There was so much big plays. There's just a lot of plays on this 2020 Packers team that make you excited, which I absolutely love. I mean, I, I wouldn't say there was that many in the 2019 season where, hey, we're winning games. Are we doing them really convincingly? Are we doing some really shocking things? Yeah, not really. But – this year, we're winning some really convincing games. We're winning them good uh, against better teams than last year. And I feel really good about this team as of now. Um, how would you say, after that Colts loss, it was it was feeling pretty bad. And then before that, a Jaguars loss. 
Uh, on a scale of one to 10, I guess, uh, could you give me a number on how much your confidence has improved in this team? Like right. 100% or 0%? Okay, we're going to go start at the Jaguars game. Uh-huh. All right. I was, before that game, I was probably at an 8. Uh-huh. Get down to about a 6. Uh-huh. Go to the Colts game. Uh, probably stays the same. Yeah. Um, I was still confident after the game. I was actually really confident after the mm. Colts game. Was, yeah. Felt it felt like a it was a tough loss, but it felt like a, we lost loss. as a team, you know, which is yeah. uh, a positive thing. We didn't lose by a uh, certain player fumbling, but you know. And then after the Bears game, how confident are you feeling? Uh. Nine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nine. All right. Okay. Got a little cocky. And we are still at nine. Yep. I feel that nine. same way. I don't think after the Jaguars game and before the Jaguars game, we just got done playing uh, San Fran. Uh, so, you know, we, we get those two losses in there uh, with, the ja- or with the Jaguars, you know, not feeling too good. The Colts, you feel a lot better the day after, but you really want that win. After that Bears game, you're feeling really good. And then you put it all together like, okay, this team knows what they are doing. I think that's the biggest thing you take away from it. I'm so glad we're, we're getting back to taking some things away from games because, you know, when we were playing the Niners and the Vikings, it was like, what is this team? You know, now we have a better idea. We're getting into the final stretch, and that's really December is the only time where it matters how, how sexy your wins are, I would say. Um, so looking at this game here, Packers said 30-16 win. Aaron Rodgers having himself a day. The offense doing absolutely phenomenal things. And I see a lot of people not giving too much credit, really, to the defensive side of the ball. I mean, besides that one drive at the start of the game, I really think they did absolutely phenomenal. Um, a lot of big game-changing plays, I would say. That one drive near the end of the game, our Darnell Savage interception, a great pass-up. Uh, pass breakup by Jair Alexander, back-to-back sacks, Kingsley Kiki, Rashawn Gary having themselves some days. Absolutely phenomenal. I love this defense. Do you think last uh, yesterday's game was their best performance yet? Ooh, that's a good, that's, that's good. I, um, ooh, I got to think. Yeah, I yeah. think that is, I think that is probably their best game this year. Yeah, even considering going up against uh, not too good of an offense line and a rookie quarterback coming in in the second half, they really minus, played. And, and minus the fourth and 18 touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can take that away too. Um, but yeah, they were just really making some game-changing plays that, um, as the name implies, changed the outcome of the game. Um, moving things on to the other side of the ball, though, um, not offense. We'll talk about that a little bit later. The special teams. I mean, what is going on? I know you and I were big fans of J.K. Scott um, and all of his his holy characteristics, but man, he's he's got to change something. Not only is his punts inconsistent, uh, you know, and he's not doing it right at all. I mean, you know, we drafted him so highly, not even so highly, but drafting a punter in the sixth round is considered high to me. You know, his same time isn't all there. His distance definitely isn't there. He's punting it right into the middle of the field. And then worst of all, when he lets, you know, when you're not only, okay, so you're you're expecting your gunners and everybody else on special teams to do their job. 
and tackle him. But when he gets back there and you, and you can't even make a, a solid effort to bring him down, it's really frustrating. We saw this two times. Both times, I think, were pretty bad jobs by everybody else on special teams. But it's really becoming frustrating, and it's becoming worrying, especially for J.K. Scott, who, you know, if he's deaning out 80-yard, 60-yard punts every time, then sure. Who cares if he sometimes can't make the tackle on a good return? But he's not doing any of that. So how is how – worried should jk scott be is he on the hot seat for punchers right now i really don't know mm. i i don't know if he has to change his kicking formation or style <laughs> yeah. he has to or something or take some tackling lessons but exactly yeah i really don't know they, they might move on but mm-hmm. they'll probably let his contract run out yeah try to get him developed this offseason again <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what yeah, to do. I think it's kind of tough to say. For yeah. <laughs> the biggest thing I think is his inconsistency in the cold. Every, I mean, that he's almost become notorious for that. And that you're not going to stick long too long in Green Bay if you can't deal with the cold. He grew up in Alabama. I'm pretty sure he played in Alabama where he was a star um, SEC puncher. I believe that's the conference they're in. I couldn't tell you. You know, uh, he played in Alabama there for a little bit uh, at college, and he was supposedly great. Here he is now. His first two years, you know, give him a little bit of time. Right now, he's just truly inconsistent. Sean Meninga, I'm not sure. I couldn't tell you as far as Ron Zook, it was a much different problem. There was way too many penalties, uh, and everything was going wrong. With Sean Meninga, there really isn't those constant penalties, which I'm fine with. Um, But... He, he, we got to see better play, and teams are going to start taking advantage of that. Um, we had a, another play on special teams that I'm struggling to remember, but I, I, I know we had another play on that game. Uh, and then uh, obviously, Crosby, the, Crosby oh, Mason Crosby missed extra point, you know, and that's a little bit tough. Where with defensive offense coordinators, you can look at more personal play and say all right you got to change it with special teams it's like all right is Mason Crosby just having a little bit of an off day or off hour you know um so another one so that's a yeah I mean might have been just a snap or the hold don't you ever Hunter Bradley though did nothing wrong that's what I was gonna say don't you suggest that Hunter did something bad all right yeah and the earlier last week with the Punt return mishaps here is Shepard and Indy. It's just like something's got to change. I don't know, and I don't think it can get much worse. As long as we can bring someone in here who isn't having constant penalties like Mr. Zook, I don't think it can get much worse. Let's add a little bit of juice to the special teams. Hopefully Tavon Austin does a little bit of that. All right, let's talk about this offense now, and then we'll get a little bit into the NFC playoff picture, all that great stuff. The offense, yes, the excitement builds up. I love it so much. I mean, not uh, okay. We we can't talk enough about Aaron Rodgers. This is truly his best play in recent memory, probably all season since 2014 for sure. His 2016 run the table stretch was magnificent, but this is one of his best seasons yet, and he is uh, a, the newly 37 years old. I mean, I have a graphic here, but Big B, what do you think? 
is the biggest stark difference in that because ever since 2016, it's hard to call him a top three quarterback. Now it's him and Patrick Mahomes for number one. So what is the biggest difference for Mr. Rogers this year? I think it's the comfortableness in the offense. Yep. I think the Zoom stuff helped a lot this year. You heard Coach yeah. say that they've really dived into the playbook this year. Mm-hmm. And I think Rodgers is just having fun. He's realizing his career is coming to an end, sadly. Yeah. I think he's just trying to have some fun, and he's comfortable, and he's enjoying himself. And it <laughs> makes me so happy. I love it. I love yeah. happy Rodgers. It just makes me just – being with excitement yeah and I love that uh, what you brought up with Fleur, this is such a different relationship than Mike McCarthy I feel like and it you is. know I, I'm never a fan of I, I guess kind of this type of relationship um, with Matt LaFleur uh, with a head coach um, you know I, I want my head coach to be a good leader and tough no matter if it's quarterback is Aaron Rodgers or Daniel Jones you know so but he has done a phenomenal job allowing Rodgers input. Uh, and then Mike Benton, we saw Zedarius talking about that same type of thing on the defensive side of things. But through his first two, 12 games of a season, I made this little graphic here for Instagram. Through his first 12 games of 2020, let's look at some stats here. 3,395 yards, 36 touchdowns. That touchdown number is especially startling. 2014 first 12 games, 3,228 yards, 32 touchdowns. So that's uh, around 160 yards less, four touchdowns less. First 12 games in his undefeated, uh, besides one loss, 2011 season, 3,844 yards and 37 touchdowns. Only one touchdown more. He is absolutely killing it. And for all the talk we heard this offseason about Aaron Rodgers not having any weapons, he has plenty of weapons, I'll tell you that. Not only Devontae Adams, who, you know, there's a lot – because he has good stats, everybody's going to say, oh, well, that's all Rodgers has. Like, what? He had 10 receptions. I'm pretty sure Rodgers had somewhere around 25 completions yesterday. So more than half of the completions didn't go to Devontae Adams. He's just so good at spreading the ball around. And like uh, we both said on Nagler's never right uh, quite a back ago, I don't want to think about the game that happened after that. Um, but, you know, the – Spreading the ball around with Devontae Adams, we were so looking forward. Whenever Devontae Adams is out, they are able to spread the ball around a lot more. It looks like they have finally found a way to get Devontae Adams mainly involved while still be able to spreading the ball around. Who would and you especially when Robert Tanya is open, like wide open yes. every play? That also helps. Shout I was just gonna yeah, I was just gonna talk about Bobby Tunyon. I mean uh, what is it, eight touchdowns on the year now? It seems like he's always open on every single touchdown. He's approaching 500 yards on the year. Just one of those guys that you look at Green Bay and you say, I love what you're doing. I don't care um, what we got going on uh, with the draft or anything uh, through the first year. You know, I don't care what any draft grade says. I don't care how many uh, – what people have to say about our undrafted free agents. They make it work. Robert Tunyon having a stellar season, uh, replacing Jeremy Graham and making it a stark improvement, a much improved 
uh, tight end room without Jimmy Graham there. Like, literally, thank God he left here <laughs> for Robert Dunyan's sake. And then you look at Mercedes Lewis, Admiral Watt. We're hoping Jay Sternberger gets back here soon with his concussion. But how impressed are you? Did you see uh, at least an eight-touchdown season coming for Robert Dunyan in 2020? Not at all. I thought it was going to be the Jay Sternberger show. I was yeah. on the Jay Sternberger train, but I love Big yeah. Bob like I'll 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 let him have all the touchdowns. Yep, right? exactly. His hairstyle is enough. I mean, he's just that great. And yeah, I mean to come in here, he's been with us since what 2018. Um, I do have to say he was your surprise cut candidate, I believe, um, at the start of training camp. So uh, yeah, you clearly did not expect that. You see that eight touchdown season coming. Uh, but yeah, and that's just where it's like again. How much would a drafting a wide receiver truly help? We need five guys to go out there and catch the ball. Robert Tunyon, who was established, I trust with Aaron Rodgers. I'll never forget. I mean, it, it seems like every single one of his touchdowns this year are pretty similar to his one in Seattle in 2018. That's stupid that I remember that. Um, but, you know. <laughs> that, was such a that. that was so good. The two, yeah, it was a great catch. Rodgers makes a great throw. Um, and a lot of his touchdowns have been similar to that this year. He just finds a way to get open on those deep post type of routes, I would say. So, Bobby Tunyon, bless you. Um, you could have told us how to pronounce your last name a little bit earlier in your career here, but that's all right, I guess. Uh, Jamal Williams. Um, look, uh, we always got to bring him up in an episode, and I feel like this year – we really found out who he was, and, and I love him. I love the type of runner he is. I wish we got him involved more. Um, and, and, you know, we, we haven't been getting the run game much involved uh, really down the season at all. So, you know, it's not specifically with Jamal Williams either. But he is really just a guy who if you give him 10 handoffs, he'll probably get three or four yards on nine. But on one out of those 10 – He's going to break it off 15, 20, 25 yards. Um, it, it, do you think that's a fair summarization of the type of runner Jamal Williams is? Yes, because he's an animal. He will run through anything. He is the GOAT. Jamal Williams, best running back in the NFL. Get him more rushing attempts because I need it. He only played like 20-something, and I need more. The goat! The goat! I love that you're just screaming things out here, Jamal. Oh, I just said, let's go, baby. Sports. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that passion is so much; it's overclouding your brain. I know. <laughs> yeah, I, know I would love to see him get more running attempts. Hopefully, we're getting AJ Dillon back too. But this run game could really be. I, I wouldn't say the focus because no one. We can't. I'm not going to take any way any snaps away from Aaron Rodgers, but. I mean, I would love to see this running game be a focus of this team. Uh, talking about that, going down the stretch, we have some tough opponents. Uh, the Tennessee Titans, we always struggle in Detroit. I wouldn't say these are necessarily tough opponents, but the Green Bay Packers going against the Detroit Lions, Carolina Panthers, score, scares me a little bit more than it maybe should. Um, the Tennessee Titans should be an interesting one if we just finalized our guest employed by the Packers for that episode. So make sure you're on the lookout for that. Um, but Big B, how, what would you give the Packers chances to run the table, go 4-0 in this final stretch? 90% chance. 98? 
90. 90, okay. And that loss, obviously, most ex- uh, expectedly coming from Tennessee. Yep. Yeah, that's going to be a really interesting one. The Tennessee defense is not nearly at the point it stood last year where they were able to beat Lamar Jackson. It's going to have to be the Packers' offense holding Derrick Henry to maybe two touchdowns and 150 yards. That would be a good day for the run defense uh, against Henry. And then Aaron Rodgers is going to have to so dart him sad. out. <laughs> that was just we, so sad. Let's hold him to two touchdowns on 150 yards, which is a career day for most <laughs> running backs, and it'll be a great day for our run defense. Oh, God, kill me. That kind of just uh, – I don't know if that's more of a compliment to Derrick Henry or insult to our run defense, but either way, I think it's just the truth. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Packers are going to have to take advantage of tight ends. Pass defense, which is 32nd in the league. Should be a fun one. Should be a fun shootout on Sunday night football. Um, but let's, let's talk about that. Past week 17, uh, the season is ending in January this year. Um, but taking a look at the rest of the NFC, the New Orleans Saints, the Falcons almost pulled off a miracle victory. I mean, they had two chances, two drives to get one final touchdown, and they take the lead in that game. The Packers hold the first seed, but they, they obviously didn't. The Seahawks are losing to the New York Giants. Absolutely phenomenal. So, Big B, looking at the NFC playoff picture right now, the teams that are most likely going to be uh, playing in January and February, who would you say you are most scared of um, the Packers having to play against in the playoffs? I'm going to say nobody. I'm not scared of nobody. I love I it. I almost feel the same way. I, I am a little bit scared of the Buccaneers. However, team I'm, okay, I'm a little scared of the Saints. Just a bit. A little okay? bit, yeah. If they get Drew Brees back, I will be scared. But yeah. otherwise, not a single team minus the Chiefs scare me in the NFL. Yeah, it will be interesting. I almost want to say I'd be most scared against uh, more scared against Taysom Hill just because we saw Jalen Hurts come in here and the Packers had no answer to stop the run him running out of the backfield. However, that is a little bit different. The Packers be game planning for a few weeks for Taysom Hill to be running when they had no idea Jalen Hurts would even be playing in this yeah, game. Exactly, like they were they were planning against Carson Wentz. I mean, yeah. he does have some wheels, but <laughs> like, Jalen Hurts was just like carrying the team on his back. Yeah, he was just like Greg Jennings in Madden 11. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> he put the team on his back, though. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would almost agree. The only team the Packers can't – the only team that the Packers are going to lose against is the Packers. I have a feeling if they – if they lose in the playoffs and don't make it to the Super Bowl, it's because they're going to beat themselves up, shoot themselves in the foots a few times, have those plays like a J.K. Scott allowed punt return, and then, you know, then they might let a team like the Seahawks with a powerful offense come in there, score quite a few points. But we can worry about that bridge when we come to it. We don't even know what team, where we'll be playing yet. So we'll, we'll keep that a little bit aside. But other than that, yeah, I'll, Buccaneers scare me a little bit, but – the Spout or the Vikings, rather, are divisional opponent. We can clinch the division. They have a very tough match coming up against um, the who uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I almost like the the Vikings' chances. We'll have to see what they can do, though. I believe they play at twelve o'clock, so we have a little bit of entertainment. Where is that? 
Uh, I Tampa Bay, I believe. Ooh, okay. I could be wrong, but we'll have a little bit of entertainment before our, our Packers-Lions game that was stupidly flexed to 3 o'clock. Should be a fun one, though. How do you see the Vikings? Because right now the Buccaneers uh, were just a few weeks ago. It looked like they were in prime contention for the first seed. Now it's looking like they might have to fight a little bit to hold their playoff spot. Do you see the Vikings um, making a run for the playoffs? I hate the Vikings so much, <laughs> but they had, I, th- I looked at their schedule a couple days ago, and I just don't see them making the playoffs. Yeah. Like I feel like they they're gonna choke a couple games, gonna go down. Yeah, they definitely have a playoffs. Ten- they definitely have a tough schedule coming up. Two NFC South opponents in there with the Buccaneers and uh, Vic- uh, and Saints. So yes, both uh, no, both those I, games are away for Minnesota. Um, Chicago in Minnesota, and then they travel to Detroit. So I can easily see them dropping two, if not three, of those games. But hopefully they can beat the Saints on Christmas Day. That would be a great Christmas present for us. Um, Packers went out, um, and then hopefully the Saints will lose as as they will. They have a tough schedule coming up. Um, Vikings, like we mentioned, Chiefs Week 15. It's exciting. We are getting into some meaningful December football, Big B. Oh, boy. Any final – it's best time of the year, not because of Christmas or anything, but it's a playoff race, baby. The Packers are always going to be in the top one of those seeds in those playoff pictures. It's it's always fun to watch. Big B, any final thoughts before we um, salute off? Um, No. I think that's all you got to say. Yeah. All right. I don't think I have anything else to say besides Packers are going to Super Bowl 55. Thanks, everybody. Aaron Rodgers, MVP. Absolutely. Uh, We didn't talk about that, but we'll have plenty of time over the next few weeks as he absolutely destroys this competition. So thanks, everybody, for listening and watching to episode 43 of Underage Packers. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to scratch that like button. Why not? On the YouTube channel. Follow us on our page on Spotify. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Go Pack Go.